Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for Wellbeing and Resiliency in Pharmacy Practice. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members and share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency from your personal and professional lives. I'm Lillian AJ, Program Manager of the Wellbeing Ambassador Program at ASHP, and I will be your host for today's ASHP Wellbeing Wednesday podcast. Our guest with us today is Dr. Brooke Griffin, Professor and Vice Chair of Clinical Services at Midwestern University and founder of the Bold Idea Group. We will be discussing Brooke's expertise in professional coaching and how it informs her role as implementation coach in the Wellbeing Ambassador Program. Hi, Brooke. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Lillian. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Okay. To get the lay of the land, I wanted to start us off with a brief introduction of the Wellbeing Ambassador Program and then jump into your background and your role in the program. How does that sound? Perfect. Awesome. For those unaware, just over a year ago, through funding from the Health Resources and Services Administration, we were able to establish the ASHP Wellbeing Ambassador Program. And the objective of this program is to address core principles associated with burnout in the health workforce, promote individual resilience strategies, cultural competency, the redesigning of work system approaches, and the development of cultures to sustain healthcare professional well-being and resilience. And so practically, the program is a virtual learning community that's comprised of four components. The first is complimentary access to a professional certificate that addresses well-being and resilience and comes with 18 hours of CE credit upon completion, access to national subject matter experts like Brooke, who we are calling implementation coaches, to provide technical assistance to the participants who are enrolled, to facilitate the learning of the key principles in the well-being and resilience modules, and to promote uptake within the various practice settings. The third component is connection to an online Wellbeing Ambassador community. And the fourth is access to additional resources that can be adapted to implement strategies from the certificate to a local setting. The Wellbeing Ambassador program has entered its second year of recruitment in recruiting up to 4,000 members of the pharmacy workforce, and it continues to evolve to provide our workforce with the tools, resources, and critical support necessary to protect patient safety and foster optimal medication outcomes. And as a reminder, there is no charge to participate, and ASHP membership is not a requirement. Cohort 3 launched recruitment on Wednesday, the 1st of March, and will continue until Sunday, April the 2nd. Access to the Wellbeing and Certificate Program for Cohort 3 will kick off on Monday, April the 3rd. Feel free to sign up now using the enrollment link at wellbeing.ashp.org or email us at wellbeing at ashp.org for more information. Thank you for that brief moment here, Brooke, for us to go through some of the details and make sure everyone is aware of what the Wellbeing Ambassador Program is. But now over to you. Let's start with a bit about your background and why you became a coach in the Wellbeing Ambassador Program. Yeah, thank you, Lillian, for that lovely introduction. I am a proud WBA implementation coach, but I'd love to share a little bit more about my background. As you mentioned, I'm a pharmacist, professor, and a professional coach. I've been working in academia and ambulatory care for my entire career, just in different AM care clinic settings around Chicagoland. And a few years ago, prior to the pandemic, I became really stuck. I reached many accomplishments at work, and I was very proud of those but I couldn't see the next rung on the ladder. And I realized that that was really concerning for me. I had a great mentor, but I got to this place where I just ran out of questions to ask her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it at the time, but what I needed 
was a coach. So serendipitously, I received an email one day advertising a group coaching program. And I went through that. And it was so great that I signed up for a different one. And each program that I went through offered even more transformation. And I just found myself showing up differently, both at yeah. home and at work. And the more that I experienced, the more I realized this is something that I would like to do for others. So I went through coach training in 2021. And shortly after I finished that, I learned that the WBA program might be looking for more coaches. So I reached out and I pitched myself and thankfully they said yes. And I'm excited about this program because it spoke to me on so many levels. We know that well-being has been a hot topic in pharmacy since before the pandemic. I remember keynote presentations at different annual meetings about well-being and resilience. But the pandemic just held a flashlight into the crevices of what's been happening in healthcare. And we know burnout is a real problem and it's multifactorial. And we know that the solution is not just self-care and meditation. I mean, those things are great and highly recommended, but when we offer those as the only solution, then it appears that burnout is an individual problem. And really, we all know that burnout is largely a system level problem with infrastructures that don't really set us up for success. So that's another factor that drew me to this program because the content includes some things that we can do as individuals, but also what can leaders do for our teams and for the systems in which we spend so much of our time. Thank you, Brooke. And going back to one of your comments, so of course, I can confirm that it was a no-brainer to get you on board as an implementation coach in the program, and we've benefited greatly from your involvement. So thank you so much for dedicating your time to this. It's interesting that when you were reflecting on your own career and sort of choices, you recognized where there was a moment where you thought that you would benefit from sort of getting the perspective of a professional coach. And I'm interested to know, how popular is general coaching among pharmacists? How did you know to seek out this resource? And when do other pharmacy professionals typically seek out this resource? That's a great question. And I actually don't know for sure how popular it is, but it does appear to be growing. I know that when I felt stuck a few years ago, I didn't know any pharmacist coaches. Mm -hmm. I personally knew one executive coach who I would have lunch with occasionally. And we would get into a little coaching when I would talk about work or relationships, but it wasn't a formal coaching relationship. And then shortly after I joined that coaching program that I mentioned earlier, that one was run by a pharmacist. And now the field seems to be growing. Coaching is a type of relationship that's different than mentors and sponsors. And I think that was the first clue for me is when I realized that the mentors and sponsors I had in my life, something still felt missing. I mean, we're pretty familiar with mentors and we know when we're paired with them, we ask them questions and they give us advice based on their expertise or years of experience. And we soak it in like sponges. Coaches, however, don't actually give any advice. Coaches listen intently to find patterns of thought, stories that may not be serving the client, narratives that may benefit from a different perspective. That is fantastic. I'm taking notes of my own to note the distinction <laughs> between them. I didn't realize how much the distinction that was between mentors and coaches. I, I just thought they were all sort of synonymous here, but truly there are differences to note here. So you knowing the difference between all three, what does a successful coaching session look like? Is there an ideal format? That's a great question. So a successful coaching session is completely decided by the client. They determine what a successful coaching session is going to be. They determine the value. So when I'm the client, I usually start by describing what I'd like to talk about. And then the coach starts to ask me insightful questions. So I could either learn more about myself or find my blind spots in my story and just give me some clarity on next steps. Thinking about that, have you had to do any adapting of your coaching methods? Now you sitting in the coaching seat, right? You taking on clients and other professionals as their coach. How have you had to adapt your methods to address the topic of well-being and resilience? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So the fundamentals of coaching are really the same, regardless of what the client wants to talk about. And what I mean by that is a coach is in complete service of the client and offers a safe, non-judgmental space for the client to really express themselves in any way and talk about whatever they want. A client will sometimes want to discuss leadership or their career or their personal lives or their well-being, but really we all know it's all intertwined. We bring our work home and we bring our personal lives to work. So a lot of these topics are connected and well-being and resilience does come up a lot. Goals also come up a lot, both personally and professionally. And I love talking about goals because I found a way to talk about it that's easy to grasp and puts the power back in the individual. And what I mean by that is so many times we write goals and really it's a goal that serves the organization, but it doesn't really do much for the individual. And then we wonder why we're not jazzed about it or we tend to procrastinate. But well-being and resilience does come up a lot. And I think as long as the coach is willing to go where the client wants to go, then it's a successful session. Mm, Do you think that that's part of what makes a good well-being coach? Yeah, just like it's hard to define what a good, quote, pharmacist is, it's hard to say what a good coach is. But if the client feels safe and if there's trust, then that's a really great start. I think as a coach, if we don't assume, you know, we think we know what they're experiencing, even someone who's in academia and in AmCare, just like my career path. I can't assume I know all of what they're going through with well-being and resilience. So allowing luxurious amounts of time for listening to really meet them where they're at and then help them get to where they want to go or become the person they want to be. That's the ultimate goal. Mm, Luxurious amounts of time. I hear that. And that's a really good and important factor when we're reflecting on about a year of conducting this program. And you've been with us, Brooke, for the journey for almost a year now, and you've coached several monthly seminars to hundreds of our participants that have been enrolled in the program since last June. You've engaged with them online through ASHP Connect. They've emailed you individually. They've asked for advice. So you've had quite a bit of interaction with our over 2,000 participants in the program so far. So over that time in reflecting over the year, have you observed any changes or a shift in their thinking around well-being and resilience in your time? I love this question because this isn't going to surprise you, but I don't take this role lightly. When I prepare for the seminars, I spend a lot of time thinking about the participants. What would they find useful, Mm -hmm. engaging? They're spending their precious time with us. So I want to make sure it's worth their time. The shifts that I've seen since being a part of this program is really an openness to talk about these really hard things, especially in an online community. And I really believe it speaks to the culture of safety and trust that we've been able to cultivate since the start of this. And that's really kudos to you, Lillian, with the email that you send out and the connections that you've made with all of the participants from day one. And when we're in a live seminar, when someone comes off mute to share something deeply personal, there are hundreds of comments and reactions showing support in the chat to a person they've never met before. So the connection that people feel from this shared experience shows up in comments and likes and those heart emojis. And we've also seen this in the Connect portal too. We've seen many, many messages, people sharing their gratitude with just bringing some of these topics to light because people don't necessarily have these safe places to talk about this at their workplaces or at home. So people are saying that they're feeling seen, they're feeling heard, which of course we know are basic needs that they may not be getting elsewhere. So the luxurious amounts of time that we offer as coaches, we do this in one-on-one sessions, but we can also offer this in a group setting to give people lots of time to reflect and comment and absorb the material and think about really what's next for them. Mm. How simple, but so rare to be seen and heard. I must say that I have similar reflections and I thank you so much for sharing that. It's 
the openness to talk about hard things, the safety and trust that we've been able to cultivate with hundreds of folks over the last year, I marvel at quite often, I'd say even weekly, at how much progress mm-hmm. has been made in the kinds of conversations that we're able to have with every virtual seminar. And the virtual seminars occur every month, as you know, and every month the cohorts feel different. They're just more and more open with every interaction. I mean, I remember your experience with cohort two, the very first seminar, and they sort of hit the ground running with being excited and being open and sort of beginning to build that safety and trust that you talked about. So definitely the changes that you've noticed and the shifts that are happening, I think we're all on the same page and seeing the same thing. Along those same lines, since we're already seeing that, do you think that there's a mindset or an approach that you're looking for participants to sort of like adapt or to sustain, I should say, after the program is done? Since we're already seeing such positive feedback from participants, how are you looking for them to do something more or to what sort of like mind shifts are you thinking about making sure that participants consider after their time and the program is done? Yeah, I would love to see the participants, and I'm going to include myself here too, take something that they've learned from the program back to their teams and share it with at least one person. It could be a statistic, an idea they learned about, or a resource that some people may not have access to. And this is where the mindset piece comes in. I really want participants to embrace the ambassador feeling of being an ambassador, to really share what you know, encourage others, be the light. And I feel like the mindset shift is I don't have to be a director of pharmacy to have this role. I don't have to be a leader or a clinical manager or a residency program director in order to be an ambassador of some of the things that I'm learning about. So it does start with mindset, but even if we can't embrace that fully yet, we can share with at least one colleague something we've taken away from this program. That's awesome, Brooke. We've done a bit of reflecting at the year that we've had, but looking ahead, since recruitment would still be ongoing for cohort three up until the 2nd of April, when you're thinking about cohort three and preparing virtual seminars for them and how you'll interact with them, do you foresee any changes that you'll make to your coaching style or the topics that you cover in the seminars? Or if it's not broke, you're not looking to fix anything that isn't broken? No, I think the seminars for cohort three will include even more time for sharing because we've seen how powerful it is for everyone involved. So there's going to be less didactic and scripted material, less slides and more stories, more idea sharing. We can indefinitely expect and I predict more heart emojis in the chat. That's what I'm expecting from cohort three. Brooke, this has been a really eye-opening conversation to have with you. And I'm wondering, just to put the mirror to you in this case and ask how you maintain your own mental health and your well-being. What do you do to keep your well-being in top shape? Yeah. Well, I just want to start by saying I'm on this journey alongside all of you, you know, good days and bad days. I truly believe that life is 50-50 and I don't do anything really groundbreaking. But right now for me, the trifecta of a good night's sleep and working out and meditating just helps me show up as the best version of me. I also try to make it a regular practice to reach out to people occasionally via text mostly, but sometimes through LinkedIn Messenger or email. For me, when I'm in the river of misery or having a really bad day, it just is an instant mood booster. I can't describe it. It doesn't take away what's going on in my life, but it does give me that instant mood booster. Co-sign on that, especially the (laughs) sleep one. Oh, yes. I should also ask, do you still have a coach of your own, Brooke? Yeah, Lillian, I don't know if I'll ever not have a coach. I have just found that working on myself and my brain is the best investment 
I can make. So right now I have a business coach as I grow my practice. And I also coach regularly with classmates for my own coaching program. So yes, I think this is going to be a regular part of my life. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, on that note, that is all of the time that we have today for this podcast. And I want to thank Dr. Brooke Griffin for such a great interview to discuss all things coaching the Wellbeing Ambassador Program. If you haven't had the chance, I encourage you to visit wellbeing.ashp.org where you'll learn more about the Ambassador Program, enroll in Cohort 3, and find resources to promote well-being and strategies to manage burnout. Please be sure to join us here again each month for more on wellness and resilience. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.